Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight, we're speaking to Will Findlay, who works at the school, doing three different roles. He's a girl's head of house, he's also a boarding tutor, and then, in a teaching capacity, he's also the second in history. He explains to us what each of these roles encompasses, how they all fit together, and what that means for the students too. But we also hear what Will has changed his mind about in the last two years, and what his remarkable moment at Berkhamsted has been. He cheats in that a little, but it's okay, we can let him off. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we speak to Will Findlay. Will, thank you for being here, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Um, I'm doing really well. It's two weeks until the end of term, so I'm going to be honest, I'm looking forward to that more than more than most things. It's a bit weird saying goodbye to some of the international boarders who haven't been home for over a year, some of them. So that's been a big sort of moment these past two weeks. But yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. So tell me about those international boarders. I mean, how are they feeling right now about the, the idea of going back home after that, that length of time? I think they're very excited. Some of them um, a bit apprehensive because there are different quarantining rules for when they get back. But um, I think for a lot of them, it's especially the year 13s, um, they may have not been home since they started at Burko and now they're going home having finished Berkhamsted. So there's a whole sort of two years for them to fill in their family and friends on. And then for those that are a bit younger, I think they're excited to go back and, and look forward to seeing their friends that are still at school as well. Um, mm. I think they're really excited. And which countries are, are most of these borders from? We have a lot of borders from all over the world, but um, predominantly from China and from Hong Kong um, are the ones flying home at the moment. Um, they're the ones that are leaving a little bit early um, because of the quarantining. But yeah, those were the, the predominant nationalities that we've got but we have borders from from everywhere okay all right let's jump back in time a little bit i'd love to understand a bit about your own education what part of the world you were brought up and how you found school yourself when you were there yeah, so i'm um i was born and raised in hampshire and i went to school down in dorset and um and i then went on to queen mary to study history queen mary university of london um, I, I did politics as well there as a master's and I probably wasn't set on teaching straight away. Um, that was just something that over the course of the university time, I started to speak to a couple of people, what roles were they going into? Um, and I was really lucky that I did some cricket coaching badges actually whilst I was at uni, which has got nothing to do with history. But through that, I got more experience in schools um, and then thought maybe I'd apply for a teaching role after my master's. Um, so I got a role there in Wimbledon, um, teaching in Wimbledon and doing some teaching in Brixton as well for a year and a bit. And then uh, I was very, very lucky that I found um, Berkhamsted whilst I was looking to, to do my PGC or my sort of teaching qualification. Um, and that's what brought me to, to Berkhamsted because you can do a PGC here. Um, it comes with accommodation um, and that was a sort of huge incentive. I admit I didn't know a huge amount about the school. Um, before I applied for that. But I knew I wanted to do my PGC and I was, I was able to do it at, at Berkhamsted. So I guess that if you grew up in Hampshire and went to school in Dorset, there's possibly a good chance you'd never even heard of Berkhamsted until you found the opportunity to do your training. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. 
um it's amazing once you get a job somewhere you chat into your friends and they go oh I, I know this person that person but i i hadn't come across it at all um actually one of my um teachers who taught me at, at my school in dorset actually worked here at berkhamstead so there was a link there i didn't know that at the time but there was a link there um but other than that it's yeah, it was a new thing for me. Well, the world of education can be quite a small world at times. Equally, it can be a very large world at other times. And you said that you grew up in Hampshire and went to school in Dorset. Is that because you were close to the border between Hampshire and Dorset? Or did you go to boarding school in Dorset? Yeah, I went to boarding school, um, which is what motivated me to go into the boarding here, um, to be honest, because I really, really enjoyed it down in Dorset. So yeah, you're there for five years living away there. Um, and that probably made the, the transition to Berkhamstead a bit bit easier okay and then you mentioned queen mary university what was it that took you there a couple of things i didn't want to be told what to study in terms of my history modules because i knew i wanted to to sort of explore various different paths of history because it was quite narrow at school mm-hmm. um, and on the open day I, I i was amazed at how much choice you got at queen mary compared to some of the other unis where i got into and then it's also a campus in london not quite central but within london um if you're interested in politics then the speakers that you're going to have the, the events that they're going to put on because of where you are were just that sort of much more exciting and, and more engaging. Um, and I knew I wanted to go to university in London. Some people are, are desperate to do the opposite, but I think I, I wanted to go there. I wanted to live in London for a bit and I wanted to experience studying there. Do you remember where your other university options were? Where else in the country? Yeah, all over. So Exeter, Durham, Manchester and Birmingham were the other ones on my on my UCAS list and I, I remember at school it's quite a traditional Dorset countryside boarding school um and I remember the careers person basically said boys from this school don't go to Queen Mary and then from then on that was basically my decision made um <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna go to Queen Mary and um I think I don't know whether they had an allergy to East London but uh yeah that's that's what drew me there and that's why I stayed there actually afterwards to do a master's because you can hopscotch between the colleges that are part of the University of London. So some of it's based in UCL, some's based in King's and you can you can move between them. So yeah, it was a perfect place to study history and politics. And just to delve into your personality a bit there, do you like to buck the trend and sort of, you know, try not to follow what's possibly expected of you from time to time? Sometimes, not always. Um, but I think partly it's because of the type of history I was studying as well. Um, so I did a lot on... I had a lot of history of race and um, of gender politics. And that now you probably get at all the universities that I listed. But at the time, that was more of a third year thing getting towards the end, whereas I wanted to do that right from the beginning. Um, and I think, yeah, that kind of desire to, to explore new opportunities, that definitely does motivate me, whether it's ignoring what I'm told. That's not always true, but um, exploring new opportunities is certainly something that motivates me. Good way of putting it. I like that, Will. Okay, let's jump into school life then at at Berkhamstead. Tell us about your roles at school there, because I believe you've got three different roles. Am I right in saying girls head of house, boarding tutor, and you are the second in history? Is that right? Yeah. So tell us about those roles, those three roles, and how they all fit together then. So the the head of girls house, that's the um, that occupies the majority of my time. So that's, I'm ahead of, I think there's 55 girls in the house, year 7 to 11. I'm the sort of pastoral lead for them. I manage their, their tutor teams as a tutor for each year group. Um, and I manage that team. 
And we basically look after all things pastoral whilst monitoring their, their academic progress. So that could be communicating with their parents. Um, it could be communicating with the teachers, acting as the triage point. I'd say probably you're looking to, to close the loop um, between what might be pastoral concerns and academic flags raised by teachers. And you're in a position really to, to get the bigger picture. Um, and then you're a sounding board for the girls, really, to chat to. Um, and that, that's actually a really important part of the day. And it's one of those impossible to timetable, but actually key moments is when they're just able to talk and say what's worrying them or actually what they're really enjoying. And there's a lot of fun in the role as well. So being there at, on house events. Um, I'm not a willing wearer of mascot outfits, but there is one that women <laughs> wear. And I think that's that's probably quite a key part of my um my role as well in their eyes so that's the, yeah that's the head of house role there's seven houses at the girls school nine at the boys school and then some sit form houses as well and and basically we all work together um to, to pastorally lead the pupils and the tutors so which house are you head of then i'm head of old steed um which is represented by a dolphin um and that's one of the girls houses so i used to be i've worked on on all the campuses so i used to be the deputy head of Tillman house which is one of the boys houses um and that was a really sort of good swap to make and it's something you can do at Berkhamstead you can move between the campuses so as an all boys tutor now I'm an all girls head of house if you work in the sick form then you're a co-ed tutor so there's those opportunities are all there for everyone and you can learn between them and so yeah the head of house is really enjoyable um and it's my first year doing it so I haven't decided to stop quite yet. Okay, so you started doing this then back in September, so you're coming to the end of your first academic year doing that, is that right? Yeah, end of my first academic year doing the, the head of housing. Excellent, because whenever you go through a first academic year in, in any capacity, whether it's um, you know in, in a member of uh, the SLT or, or being head of house or in any, any role actually in school, it's always the first time that you've done that, isn't it, until this time next year in which case by that point you've already done it last year yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to next year being a bit more familiar um and a bit less random because i'll have done some of it before and also for the whole school in general i've been here this is it's my fourth year um but it's only my second time doing a normal summer term because of the years off and things like that so it, for even for everyone, even if I've been here four years, it still feels you know like some of the things we're doing is the first time, and and that's exciting and tiring in in equal measure. And I'm sure next year will be a smoother experience. Okay, so that's your role as girls' head of house. Tell me about being a boarding tutor. What what does a boarding tutor actually do? So there are two boarding houses. There's a boys' boarding house and the girls' boarding house. Um, they have their own housemaster or, or heads of house and. The boarding tutors live in the boarding house and they do a couple of shifts every week and one in three weekends normally. And what those shifts are or what those those nights or duty nights are is from six o'clock in the evening until um, the next morning, you are sort of in charge of the boarding house. So you're registering the pupils, you're, you sit with them whilst they do their prep, have a chat with them. Um, on the weekends you might run activities you might take them to the cinema or you might uh, we took them to Hemel to watch basketball recently um, and that's that's the sort of role and you are it feels very very different to the school day um, you have a you have a different relationship with them um, 
they're relaxed, you're relaxed because it's their home. Um, and because we live there, it's, it's our home as well. And, and sort of whilst everything is kept within boundaries, it's a lot more of a family atmosphere in a boarding house. Um, and that's what they're looking for as well. Um, and whilst you have your duty nights because of where you live, kind of during term time you're there and, and you're resident and you might pop out and say hi every evening um if there's a boy who has the misfortune to study history or politics then they might come to me for help as well in the evenings and, and those those sorts of support networks that they're building in the boarding house that enriches their day during the school day and because all of the boarding staff also work in the day school i know in in some schools they're kept separate and and the benefit of keeping these links is that I'm a head of a day house. So I use all the pastoral systems that I can then work with in the evening as well. And that experience definitely helps the two um, and keeps things in perspective. So you mentioned that you sit with them while they're doing their prep. I mean, while they're going through that, I'm, I'm guessing that, <laughs> that this isn't like sort of 1950s style uh, of you throwing socks at them saying, uh, get on with your yeah. prep. <laughs> no, 100%. 100%. Uh, tell me the reality. They should then. be seen and not heard in the boarding house. Um, the reality is um, for the year 13s, they can work in their rooms. You just go around and check. They're a bit more independent and we're encouraging them to be working a little bit more like they will at university, which for a lot of them will be this September. So that's you go around and register them and ask them what they're doing, what preps they've got and have a chat with them. Um, for the year nines to elevens, there's a, there's a prep room um, where they do their prep, there's sort of plugs for their surfaces, uh, their computers, and, and they'll do their prep in there. And for between seven and 8.30, it's basically quiet time for them to do their work, as they would if they were at home. But almost the benefit of boarding, and I know this having boarded myself, is actually sometimes it's easier to do the work because you get that set time you're told to work from 7 to late 30. And actually that fits far more into a routine. Um, and the sixth form is there, again, because of their independence, they are allowed to, to choose not to work during that time. They might work a, bit, a little later so they can go to the gym, they can use the school swimming pool um in the evenings uh, and they can manage their time a little bit more than the, than the younger year groups so if you jump back in time yourself to when you were uh, in say year 11 or in year 13 let's take the year 13s for example did you have good discipline yourself to get the work done that needed to be done sometimes i think i probably found it easier in year 13 because you had that incentive you had the exams incentive um and that i had quite a sort of large sporting and music commitment as well so I had to structure my day quite a lot um, and that's the nature of boarding really is that by being at school there are other things that will be put in front of you um, so you do need to manage your your time a bit more I would say I would have benefited from a little bit more like Berkhamstead where the tutor actively comes and asks what you're doing when you're doing it why you're doing it um, probably at my school we were definitely left to our own devices and obviously at some point that's not conducive to me doing work so yeah i think i think we've got a balance a little bit better um at berkhamstead it's smaller it's much smaller there's let's say there's 30 boys in the boarding house whereas mine had 77 or 80 boys so there's sort of a different level but yeah i think the year 13s they do feel like they can get on with their work it's probably in year 12 where it's more of a shock for them um they're sort of learning some some of them are 
getting to full grips with the language. They've already sort of got their English, but they might be getting to full grips with the language whilst also being in a new country. And it might be the evenings where they feel a little bit more alone or a little bit more quiet and it's the downtime. And that's that's so important as a boarding tutor. Um, that's when your role goes from being teacher to, to picking them up, being that voice they can chat to if they're feeling homesick, if they're feeling down, that's your moment really. And then tell us about your role in the history department, second in history. What's your favourite era to teach in history? All history teachers don't want to admit their era because then they can't get away with saying that's not my era when we get a question. Um, Mine is probably the Cold War um, because that's what I specialised in at university. And then I did a lot on race and gender in, in Britain in the 20th century. So that would be my favourite um, era. I think my head of department would love me to be a Tudor historian, um, but I'm not, so there we go. Okay. And what was it about the Cold War that caught your fancy when you were at university? I think the... I was doing international relations partly in my master's as well, so that was a, was a key consideration. I think I enjoyed the cultural impact as well, so I could look at the books, the stories, the work, the art, the music that was a legacy of the Cold War. And travelling around Europe as well, going to, to the cities in the East and, and discussing sort of the legacy of the Cold War, which for my generation had only just ended, but probably didn't weigh heavily on our lives. Um, and yet only one generation before it kind of dominated and Germany was a divided country, whereas when I was born, it wasn't an issue. So um, I think that's probably what drew me to it um, compared to some of the more, some of the historians that prefer the older history or the, or the ancient history as well. They're sort of drawn by the sources and by the debate and the slight sort of mystique of not quite knowing what happened and, and presenting theories, whereas I'm looking at what the impact of we know what happened, but what was the impact? What were the motivations? What were the driving forces? So these three roles that you have then, I mean, clearly a role as the girl's head of house, and then you've got the boarding role, and then you've got the history role. How do they all complement each other within the Berkhamsted group of schools? I think the the history role and the head of house role, that that's really helpful, because that means I have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in departmentally reviews and grades and things like that decisions that are made for heads of department come down to me as well and then I can link that to my pastoral work and vice versa so in the history department I can explain to them the motivation behind some of the pastoral decisions that have been made or or I can help with the issues on on flagging and and pastoral issues that they may have and I find that that is very very helpful um, to do I think the, the boarding role, it feels a little bit more separate and it's just a, a key part. I've always wanted to work in boarding. I think it helps the school that two of us that are resident tutors at the moment are heads of house. Um, there's a, a lady who's a boarding tutor in the girl's house who's also a head of a boy's house. And then there's a head of department as well who's a, who's a resident tutor. So I think all of us are able to bring um, different knowledge and different understanding from the school to the boarding and it makes the boarding work because we're not a full boarding school where the boarders are ours throughout the day we hand them over to the day houses and i think those those links are, are really really important and it, it helps that we're over two campuses if you've got someone doing departmental and pastoral work you're ensuring that things aren't missed ideas are put forward and the department and the house and move forward together I think. 
No, I see. Okay, well, thanks for explaining how all of that fits together. Um, well, one of the questions we regularly ask people who come, who come onto this podcast is to find out from them what they've changed their mind about in the last couple of years. If I asked you that question, what would it be? I think probably to any young teacher, if they feel like their career has to follow one path, um, it's a common thing in the staff room. If you're talking to a young member of staff, they'll say, oh, I want to work in the pastoral or oh, I want to work departmentally or oh, I want to be in the prep. Because I've, I've been down to the prep as well, creating links um, between the prep school and the year sixes coming up to year seven. And that actually for all of us, there is no need, especially at a school like Berkhamstead, to confine yourself to one route. And whilst you may think age sort of 22 when you come out of your degree that everything you want to do is pastoral, it may be later on that actually you understand there's such a huge pastoral element of departmental work and, and the sort of naivety of separating the two and thinking that they're only you can only be one or the other isn't is a bit of a myth um, and that you can't be a good pastoral leader without knowing what's going on um, academically and that most of our pastoral things are linked to academics and and vice versa um, and so that would be something I've changed my mind on that you can your career can move across wherever you want to take it um, and that you may as well try and and you could be surprised at what you enjoy good answer i like it thank you for that and then finally uh, what would you say has been your remarkable moment at berkhamstead i think i've got two which is cheating so um we just had a musical shrek the musical which had been postponed so often um and it's just fresh in my mind really it's been postponed so often because of covid and various things and shrek the musical was just a huge moment for the drama department but for all these boys and girls from across the school sixth all the way down to year seven um all in one show so that that just felt really refreshing um it's upbeat anyway but it just felt really refreshing to see everyone back together and then the other one would be a, a more sort of random one we had a block fixture against um another school in hearts recently where all the boys and all the girls, all the teams were playing against the same school in cricket. And as cricket is my passion, to see a huge block fixture against another school like that just showed the development of the sport. And that for every child here, regardless of what campus they're on, what school they're in, we will support them and develop them and give them an opportunity. And it looked amazing at both schools to see all those cricket matches going on i think there are about 40 going on so it, wow, it was an amazing gosh. thing to see yeah no i'll bet it wasn't that must have been a real spectacle must have been well we need to bring this to a close in a minute but i just want to say thank you for being here thanks for giving up your time uh, on a monday morning to record this for us uh, it's been really good hearing about your three roles in school and how they all complement each other so well thank you thank you very much for my time i've really enjoyed it thank you so that's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school's website, berkhamstead.com. And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.